Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hi, I'm Georgie. I'm part of the pastoral team at Waterfront and I'm so excited to share with you today out of Nehemiah chapter 5. As you probably know, we've been going on a bit of a journey through the book of Nehemiah as we look to, you know, rebuild our, our lives as we, you know, move forward out of this, you know, crazy time that we've all been in. Um, you know, we really feel that the book of Nehemiah gives um, a, real bl- a, a real blueprint as we uh, move forward. So, you know, we've learned about um, Nehemiah seeking to rebuild the, the broken down walls of Jerusalem in just 52 days. It is an epic story. If you want to hear more about it, go and check out, you know, our other messages um, from throughout the series or the Bible Project video. Um, you know, that's the beauty of watching online. Hey, that you can go and um, check all that out uh, before we move forward. So, um you know, so as we pick up chapter five, let's have a look at where we left off last week. So we've just read in Nehemiah four about the the opposition that came uh, to the Israelites rebuilding the wall. You know, the 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 opposition from um, you know, let's say the enemies um, are, are coming in and they're trying to discredit the Jewish builders. They're seeking to physically hurt them. They're seeking to destroy the work that um, that they have done. Um, you know, so. As the opposition came, you know, Nehemiah, he did this spectacular job of like reuniting, um, you know, the Jewish people and encouraging them in the work as they rebuild. So, you know, in chapter four, verse 14, it says, um, so this is Nehemiah speaking to the Jewish people. He says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your friends, your families and your homes. You know, um, to find out more, go and check out, you know, Pastor Ruth's message for the full story there. But, you know, what a beautiful picture. Hey, like what a word from Nehemiah. Um, You know, of course, that would inspire great courage and and teamwork and diligence to get this wall finished, despite, you know, what the enemy is doing from the outside. You know, I kind of picture, you know, a bit of like a, a Disney movie idea, right, with, you know, people like all laying bricks in unison and singing some, you know, song about how hard they're working and some like you know seamless production line right that's what you imagine with the picture that's painted here so far in in Nehemiah but we get to chapter five and suddenly the picture is not so pretty so um, I want to look at that for you today so if we look at verses one to five it says about this time some of the men and the wives raised a cry of protest against their fellow Jews. They were saying, we have such large families, we need more food to survive. Others said, we've mortgaged our fields, vineyards and homes to get food during the famine. And others said, we've had to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay our taxes. We belong to the same family as those who are wealthy and our children are just like theirs, yet we must sell our children into slavery just to get enough money to live. We have already sold some of our daughters and we are helpless to do anything about it for our fields and our vineyards are already mortgaged to others. 
So it's a pretty grim view, hey, of what life is looking at, even though, you know, Nehemiah, he's had this amazing vision. You know, he, he's filled with this, this vision and purpose to rebuild. You know, his mind's eye could see what it was going to look like, you know, this glorious restoration of the wall. You know, he'd, he'd encourage the builders, you know, rebuild for the sake of your family and your friends and your homes. Yet here we see that their reality didn't match Nehemiah's vision. You know, what's the point in building the wall if the people are breaking? You know, what's the point in rebuilding the wall if the community are fighting against each other? If the disunity if, and them taking advantage of each other, what if, if that's tearing them apart? Like, what's the point, hey? You know, the security and the reputation that the wall was supposed to bring was not what the people were experiencing. You know, Nehemiah, he needed a wake-up call, hey? And perhaps as we seek to rebuild our lives and look to the future, you know, maybe, you know, I believe that each of us, we need to look at, you know, what are we rebuilding for? Who are we rebuilding for? Why are we rebuilding? What are we doing? You know, as children of God, our lives are to bring Him glory, right? You know, our lives are to, to, to seek His kingdom first. You know, our lives are to be filled with purpose. But we have to remember that our lives need to be all about others, yeah? We're called to love and serve others others you know we can't get so swept up with the vision and the mission and the purpose of rebuilding that we miss those around us who might be breaking you know we have an opportunity to rebuild differently to how we have done in the past yeah so I want to take a, di- a deeper look through the scripture today you know if, if we look at chapter 5 really it's all about injustice you know, the, the Jewish people were sacrificing their livelihoods for this wall to be rebuilt. Yet their fellow Jews, they were taking advantage of their brothers and sisters in this time. You know, let's talk about injustice. You know, as I'm preparing this message today, our world is experiencing like excessive injustice. You know, our media feeds are filled with, with protests and chaos, you know, over in the US, you know, highlighting, um, you know, this, this generational and systemic racism. You know, and if we look, um, you know, even beyond what we're just seeing in our news, our world is filled with injustice and, it, and it's, you know, it's plagued with chaos. So much so that, that we can get overwhelmed with all of the needs that are out there, right? Sometimes we don't even know where to start in, in how we address these needs. You know, our God is a God of justice, Yeah, so this is foundational as we move forward today. We need to remember this. You know, throughout scripture, you'll find time after time that God seeks justice, you know, especially for the oppressed and the broken. You know, as children of God, we are called to be like him, right? We're called to show the world who he is, right? And I believe that as we look through Nehemiah today, that that we can look at how he approached this situation in Jerusalem and to see, you know, what we can learn along the way. Okay, you guys with me still? Great. So, um, so let's have a look, right? So verse six, so it says, when I, being Nehemiah, heard their complaints, I was very angry, 
right? So this is Nehemiah. You know, so here we see, you know, Nehemiah at first that he heard their complaints. You know, for us, we need to remember that, you know, if we see an injustice, we need to call it out. You know, if Nehemiah, if he hadn't been made aware of the issues, he wouldn't have known. He would have just kept, you know, moving forward, moving forward, keeping, you know, on and on and on with the rebuilding of that wall. And he, he wouldn't have known. So, you know, it's our responsibility that as we see injustice, we need to raise our voices and we need to call it out, okay? So, um, so yeah, so Nehemiah says that he heard their complaints and you know what? He took the time to listen, right? For us, as we're made aware of the injustice, we have to listen to learn. You know, we need to listen twice as much as we speak, you know, the whole two ears and one mouth thing, right? So, you know, we can't just listen to, to try and then validate our, um, you know, our understanding of the world or to validate what we're already thinking or feeling. We need to listen for the sake of learning, right? So here, um, you know, then it says in verse seven, um, he says, after thinking it over, or another translation says, I pondered them in my mind. So the complaints, he pondered them in his mind. So for us, you know, we have to educate ourselves and take time to process what we're hearing. You know, we have to find the facts of the situation. You know, a question today could be, you know, are you taking the time to listen for the sake of learning? Moving on, you know, verse six, he says, you know, I was very angry. Like I love um, that, right? Just that little phrase, you know, Nehemiah was very angry. You know, he felt it, right? And we've already heard earlier on in the series about, you know, Nehemiah being moved by, by emotion, you know, into action. So, you know, clearly he was, he was feeling something right here. So, so his feeling was, was anger. Right, you know, and I, and I think sometimes when we hear the needs going on in the world that, you know, we can get a bit of compassion fatigue, right? That there are so many needs out there, so many injustices out there that we don't really know how we're going to face that, how we're going to actually do anything to help. But the thing is that we still need to feel it, right? Whatever that feeling might be, here Nehemiah is angry, but maybe for you it's sad or maybe for you it's frustrated, whatever that is. It's, it's okay to feel it and we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us as we feel that to then do, you know, what then Nehemiah um, does. You know, he is moved to action. We can't just dwell in the emotion and feeling sorry for someone but not actually then moving to do anything about that. Just a note there as well, you know, we've heard um, a, a lot of the stuff that's been happening on the news lately, a lot of people that, that see what's going on in the world and they just feel numb, right? And I think that that can be a re reality as well, even as I mentioned before about this idea of compassion fatigue, that, that we can view it and there's so many different things that all we do feel is numb. And I think that in itself, that is probably a feeling as well that we then have to address well okay holy spirit why am i feeling numb to this and asking him to maybe reveal something and help you move forward in that you know the thing here is that you know nehemiah as he felt it he was then moved to action that's what you know compassion and that feeling that emotion that's what it has to do in our lives you know once we find out about something and we start feeling it, we can't just ignore it or, or put it to the side. We actually have to do something about it. So here we see, you know, in verse seven, he says, you know, after thinking it over, I spoke out against these nobles and officials. 
I told them you are hurting your own relatives by charging interest when they borrow money. Then I called a public meeting to deal with the problem. You know, Nehemiah was moved to action, but within his power to do so. You know, for us, like I said, we need to be moved to action, but within our own abilities and resources. We're not here saying, go and start an organization or a not-for-profit or a petition. Although if you feel like God's calling you to do that, then go and do that. But that's not what we're saying. It's about what's within our abilities, our skills, our resource to be able to do. You know, when, when we see an injustice, when we see somebody, um, you know, maybe doing something wrong, we can call that out. That's an action that we can take. You know, Nehemiah had the ability to call a large meeting and to deal with the issues. You know, for us, we can't expect somebody else to deal deal with it and say, you know what, I see that, but you know, someone else will deal with it. We can't just excuse it. We individually, we have to be responsible for what we see moving forward. So a question, what are you doing with the information that you've been given? What actions can you take? You know, verse 10, it says, I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain, but let us stop charging interest. Give back to them immediately. So here we see Nehemiah is looking inwardly and he's adjusting his own actions. So we see, you know, that, um, you know, who knows that we can't make anybody else do anything. You know, we're responsible for our own behaviors and attitudes, but we can't actually, you know, do much for other people. That's their responsibility. But like I said, we can modify our own actions. You know, Nehemiah here, he was also lending to, you know, his brothers and sisters. From what I can see in the word, um, it would suggest that Nehemiah, he wasn't actually doing anything wrong. But when this situation came up, he checked his own actions to make sure that that, that he was in the right, you know, and, and he then set an example by looking inwardly, adjusting his actions, and then others followed because we see in verse 12, they said, we will give it back. You know, they they said that they will do what Nehemiah has asked them to do. So we need to remember that we can set an example and other people can follow. You know, Nehemiah himself was convicted. You know, he had that conviction and he did something about it personally. And we need to remember that that can then set an example for those around us, you know, personally and then corporately, right? You know, in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, a question could be today, you know, are you looking inward? Are you asking God to examine you? And then are you adjusting accordingly? You know, who knows the influence that you could have on the people around you? So verse 14, right, Um, Nehemiah says, Neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor, but the earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. Their assistant also lorded it over the people, but out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. 
you know, Nehemiah here, he put his money where his mouth was, right? He didn't have an entitled mindset, but he, but, but a generous mindset, right? You know, he was thinking not what he could gain from the situation, but actually about what he could give. You know, it goes on in the scriptures to talk about how he actually fed 150 Jews week on week on week as he was rebuilding the wall. You know, he, he practiced generosity and hospitality, not motivated by greed. You know, there's so much in here that, um, that, you know, Nehemiah sets as an amazing example. You know, for us, we need to be set apart from the way that the world deals with these things. You know, Nehemiah, his motives were genuine. He was always seeking the best for his people and not what was best for himself, even to the point of, you know, discomfort and where, where it actually costs him something. You know, for us, a question could be, you know, how can we bless others? How can we go out of our way to be generous towards those experiencing injustice? How can we make this our lifestyle moving forward? How can we lead the way? You know, I saved the best for last, right? So in his accusations against the officials, Nehemiah, you know, he says back in verse nine, right? He says, what you are doing is not right. You should, shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? You know, my final point here today is that he refocused people to their responsibility as children of God. He pointed them back to God. You know, they'd lost sight of him as they rebuilt, right? And I think for us, we need to be so careful that we don't lose sight of God as we look to rebuild, that we need to seek him in everything that we're doing. You know, people are looking at us, you know, as, uh, you know, Jesus, he says, they will know us by our love, you know, our love for each other, our love for his people, our love for the oppressed. As believers, we can't escape our responsibility to stand up for injustice. We're called to be Christ-like. You know, Jesus was all about injustice. He came to squash class, race, social barriers that humanity have created. You know, the thing is that these same issues that Nehemiah faced we're still facing today. So like clearly the chat that Nehemiah had with those officials and noblemen, clearly it didn't really work the problem. It didn't really fix the problem, right? Um, because we're still experiencing it. You know, in, what, what the issue is, is that there's a heart problem here, right? You know, Jeremiah 17, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? You know, we've got this, this heart problem. Really, it's a sin problem. You know, the beauty is, is that Jesus came to free us from this problem. You know, when, when Jesus presents himself in the temple in Luke 4, he quotes from Isaiah, right? This is what he says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, Jesus is the only one that can save us. Jesus is the only one who can truly free the world from oppression and injustice. But it starts in the heart, right? The injustice we're experiencing, it can't be legislated. We can't wait for the politicians to, to try and, you know, change the law to, to, 
to, you know, see this change enacted, kind of like in the Old Testament, right, where the law couldn't change the hearts of the Israelite people. Something had to change. You know, Jesus had to come and set us free and send the Holy Spirit to come and do that transforming work. And it's the same now. The, a change in law in the world, it's not going to bring the, the, this freedom from oppression that the world is looking for. It's only Jesus that can bring it. Jesus is the life giver. He comes to place value on every human life. He comes to show that, that, that every life is worthy, right? That every life is worth dying for. He came to show that true living is actually giving up our rights, giving up our agenda, our desires and wills, and instead, instead seeking him and his agenda and pursuing um, him and his kingdom, right? What we need is revival, yeah, our church needs revival. We need a reviving spirit to come through, you know, and, and awaken our hearts to his plan. But who knows, right, that revival, it starts in our hearts and in our homes. It starts with us answering some of these tough questions that we've talked about today, you know, looking inwardly and saying, okay, where, Holy Spirit, where can you transform me? And then in turn, maybe our spheres of influence can be transformed as we live that life. You know, God will move in our midst. And as we take these steps like Nehemiah did, we can rebuild bigger and better than ever. And instead of building walls that divide, we can start building bridges, right? Building bridges and seeing lives and families and communities rebuilt. This is what we're called to do, church, as we rebuild. We're rebuilding for other people. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that there is so much wisdom that you give us, even here through the life of Nehemiah. We thank you for such an incredible example, Father. And Lord, I just want to say sorry right now, Lord. We want to say sorry for where we've missed the mark over time, Lord, for where we've maybe seen injustice and not addressed it, where you've been maybe prompting us to change and we haven't listened, Father. But today we want to draw a line in the sand, Lord, and we want to say, come Holy Spirit, move in us, change us, allow us to be a catalyst for change in our lives, in our families, in our homes, in our worlds, Lord, that, that we can truly rebuild bigger and better, but keeping our eyes focused on you, Lord. And with a, a love and a grace for those around us, Lord, that we're actually seeking to rebuild their lives as we rebuild ours. We praise your name, Father. Use us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.